lesson from the first letter of St. Paul the Apostle to Timothy. But as for you, man of God, shun all this, aim at righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you were made the good confession, when you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses, in the presence of God who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus who is his testimony before in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. I charge you to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, and this will be made manifest at the proper time by the blessed and only Sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. <clears throat> Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that time Jesus said to the crowds, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and take counsel, whether he is able with ten thousand, to meet him who comes against him with twenty thousand? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends an embassy and asks terms of peace. So therefore, whoever of you does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. The saving words of the gospel. You know, sometimes I, almost all the time, when I finish a gospel, I say the saving words of the gospel. Because there's something in it that's important for our salvation, isn't it? I mean, here the Lord is saying what you have to do in order to be his disciple. And if you don't do this, you cannot be my disciple. So that sounds like saving words to me. And... Um, so what is it that he's telling people? What is, it he, what is he telling us? Well, we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, today we celebrate the Feast of St. Timothy. Timothy was the first bishop of Ephesus. He died as a martyr in about 97. And uh, at, being in Ephesus, he would have known uh, the apostle and evangelist John, and probably also, perhaps also, uh, um, our Blessed Mother, Mary, uh, he was a, a companion of Paul and Silas, and Paul wrote two letters to him. Uh, his relics uh, were uh, moved to Constantinople, and then they were removed uh, in the 13th century uh, to Termoli in, in Italy, um, and interred there. And then they were lost and rediscovered in 1945 when they were doing some, some work. So... Uh, yeah. Okay. And there's a phrase in, in the gospel passage today that disturbs a lot of people. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother 
and wife and children, etc., etc., even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. Yeah, the word really is hate. Um, in the Latin, it's odit. Um, in uh, it's translated uh, properly in all of the English translations in the Dowie and in KJV and the RSV. It says hate. The Greek says misei, which is from miseo. This is where we get the word, for example, misanthrope. Well, someone who hates men, someone who hates his fellow human beings, is a miset is misanthropic. Anthropos meaning man and miseo misa. So that's it's it really is hate in the text. Hate as opposed to agapao, which is to love. So what's going on here? This passage you know, puts us back in our heels. Because, you know, after all, um, it sounds like the Lord is teaching hatred. But if he does, doesn't he doesn't I know we have a commandment for God to love and honor our parents? Um isn't it contrary to what the Lord says about loving our enemies? Well, if we love our enemies, well, shouldn't it surely more your friends, right? So, but this is a condition for being a, a disciple. Well, <clears throat> there are some times when the Lord says things that are not to be taken literally. Um, for example, if your eye causes you to sin, rip your own eye out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut your own hand off. It's a technique called hyperbole. It's an exaggeration in order to get attention and to make a point. So we have to look further in the word and see in miseo and in odi, especially in miseo, what else could be going on here. And then we also do uh, what we always do when we find something really confusing um, in the in scripture sometimes we have to look to other places in scripture in order to help us to interpret it so what do we have going on here uh, there's biblical language of love and hate now let's go back to the old testament you're, you're going to remember the story of of jacob and leah and rachel well you remember that jacob looking for a wife um makes a deal with a guy by the name of laban uh, to be able to have uh, his daughter Rachel, but he's got to work for him for seven years, I think. And so he does, and then Laban uh, tricks him and gives him Leah instead of Rachel. And um, so uh, Jacob makes another deal with him and says, okay, I'm going to well, work you for you for another seven years, and then I get a Rachel too. So that's what happens. And he Jacob preferred Rachel to Leah. That was the original deal and, and that was the original relationship. And so in the book of Genesis, when we're reading about this account, we read, um, and in the, in the Greek version of the Old Testament called the Septuagint, we find the same word we have here, miseo, when God saw that Jacob hated Leah, God permitted her many children as a consolation. Well, <clears throat> Jacob didn't hate Leah. 
but he loved her less than Rachel. And if we go back to and start digging into our dictionaries about meanings of miseo, to hate, we also find the possibility that it means to love less. Not to go down to the like the depths of, of odium and, and hatred, but means to love one thing less than another. Miseo can mean that. It's a diminished kind of a, a love that doesn't sink down to animus, to the negative, shifting all the way over into the negative side. So we have this, this language of love and hate in the Old Testament. Do we have anything in the New Testament that can help us out with this? Well, yes, we do, because we have a parallel passage to this section in Luke, which is Luke 14. If we go over to Matthew 10, we find the Lord saying, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And so what do we have in back in Luke? If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So now, so we have these two instances of language of love and hate in in the in, in Genesis in, in twenty nine and in Matthew ten we have the the cracking open of this word hate um, properly translated in English. But the problem is. There are nuances to the word in, the, in other languages that we don't have in English. So that's one of the reasons why this passage can, can put us back on our, on our heels. So um, there are so many other things to talk about here, but I think we'll just leave it with that. Uh, so let's, um, let's consider uh, uh, one thing as, as the day goes on. We have a takeaway here. There's a hierarchy of loves. Above all things, we must love God. As we hear in the Shema, you know, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Wachad, etc. You, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your, your strength, and all your mind. Um, that we have to put, we have to put that, we have to put God on the throne, in the pinnacle of our hearts. And then, and, and have no created thing take the place that belongs to God alone. And then after that, then we can love, in the proper way, all of the other created things that are in our lives, including persons. Remember, the other, other people are creatures. They're not God. So we have to love God above all things, and then we can love all of his creatures, including the people in our life, in the right way. And so we have to examine our consciences at times and ask, what is it that I'm truly, what is it that I'm truly loving? Um, right now, and then we and we look at our words and our actions to show what our interior disposition is. Today, hmm, I did this, this, and this, and I omitted to do this, this, and this. What does this tell me about my relationship with God and with creatures? And with that, we can take steps forward in order to uh, make sure that our hierarchy of loves are properly ordered.
Dominus Fubisum, Oremus. Meritas mea misericordia mea cum ipso, er in nomine meo exaltabilio cornu meus.